Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Christmas Eve special of the Chief Concerns Post Game Show. I'm Marcus Dash here with our guy Lance Twidwell from the Spoken Podcast. Lance, let me first start off by saying Merry Christmas Eve. Um, Merry Christmas Eve to you, brother. Today, How you? I, I, I'm good, man. It was the other, it was the first uh, gift I was telling JD on the show this week. You know, hopefully we get a, a dub, so this will be our first like gift we get to uh, uh, open and unravel uh, the day before the, the big day. Um, Good game, you know we 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 dominated from from the get go, um, but like we didn't look right offensively, and I don't know if that was the weather. Um, I think we had the most three outs we've had all season in this game. Um, I'm in the fantasy semifinals in, in multiple leagues, and I have a lot of Chiefs players in those games, and uh, I'm probably gonna lose two guys who started uh, T.J. Hawkinson um, in all my leagues, so uh, we're not happy about that at all. But um, happy that we got the win. Um, but what was your kind of uh, main takeaway uh, from this game today? A lot of negatives and a lot of positives. I like to be the guy that likes to see things as close to the middle as possible. Uh, but this is something that I think is uh, – this is a game that I think it showed why the Chiefs could very well win the Super Bowl and why they could lose it. Uh, let me start with the negatives. When it comes to the Chiefs, I talked about this on my show – the spoken podcast this week about a concern that I have when it comes to the offense. And I know that's not something that a lot of people want to hear because this, this offense has been incredible this season, especially when you consider they lost Tyree kill, but this is now the 11th straight game where the Chiefs started an opening drive without a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Last time the chiefs did it, it was against the bucks in week four and they've only done it twice this entire season. And one of those times was week one against the Cardinals. So that's something that I don't like at all about this team is that they start off very sluggish offensively. Now, more times than not, they start to really click and then it starts to look easy and then you kind of forget about it. But that's not something that you can afford to do if you're trying to play three or four postseason games. So I would like to see the Chiefs finally snap out of that and I was hoping that today would be one of those games and unfortunately that just wasn't the case. Another thing is is that the the Chiefs, for whatever reason it is, Marcus, and maybe, maybe JD, maybe you can figure it out for me, 
But it seems as if on the opening drive, they're so obsessed with making sure that they get the pass game down as if that's going to be a problem down the stretch. We all know that Patrick Mahomes can do whatever he wants to do in the pass game, so I don't know if it's just Andy Reid being obsessed with just throwing the ball early and often, but you saw it. That, that first drive went absolutely nowhere, and then on the second drive, you saw the Chiefs start to move the ball with what? Run plays. It opened things up. They score a touchdown. For me, it's just no coincidence, man. This just continue, it's, it's a week after week after week problem. And you look at the offense, they went 3 of 11 on third downs. They had less than 300 yards of offense for the first time in, I think, like two months. I mean, it's they they every single week it seems like they put up 400 yards. The positives, though, and all of this is, one, the Chiefs finally stra- uh, snapped their nine-game streak of at least one turnover. They won the turnover battle for the first time in forever. And they uh, still won this game despite all these factors that I just mentioned by 14 points. They covered the spread. This is something that I think is impressive at the end of the day because Spags and his defense had a coming out party. They played an absolutely great game, and I don't know what got into Frank Clark, but Frank Clark, whatever's in him right now, needs to stay there because this dude's been great for three straight weeks, and I hope that stays. I hope that sticks because the Chiefs are going to need him to play at this level if they want to make another Super Bowl run. George Karloff just looked incredible. Chris Jones looked incredible. Mike Dana got in the sack column. Carlos Dunlap was getting pressure. Trent McDuffie needs to be sponsored by Elmer's Glue, like I told you guys, because he sticks to everybody that he guards. Legereus Sneed was special. Juan Thornhill, I think, got that interception. The Chiefs are now 40-16 and 16 when they give up 100 or more rushing yards when Patrick Mahomes is their starting quarterback and are now 51-3 and three when they hold their opponent to less than 27 points in the Patrick Mahomes era. This is a very special era. And not to mention, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but Patrick Mahomes just joined Tom Brady and Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks in the history of football to have four seasons of at least a 66 completion percentage, 4,500 passing yards, and 35 or more touchdown passes. This is only Patrick Mahomes' fifth season as a starter. Peyton Manning was a starter for 17 seasons, and Tom Brady has played for 23 seasons. That is nothing short of incredible, and it should not be taken lightly. This is the greatest quarterback who has ever lived, and he's about to win his second MVP and hopefully his second Super Bowl, Marcus. Yeah, I, I will say uh, I was watching that game with my brother, and uh, first drive, you know, uh, we didn't run the ball. I think we ran the ball once, maybe. Um, and then we punted it to them. And then they had that one big play by Kenneth Walker. We got called back. But, like, we were looking at each other, and we were like, yeah, it's what happens when you're in, like, you know, sub, like, 20-degree weather. You run the ball, and look what happened. Kenneth Walker, I mean, they had that long run, but they called it back. Um, I got to say, it was so perplexing uh, about this game was um, Seattle's play calling was really weird. It was almost yeah. like they were playing like they were up. Cause like they were running the ball and it's like, what's going on here? Like you guys are down by two possessions right now. You guys, you guys run the ball. Like you're killing clock. I mean, that was probably, I mean, that benefited us in this game. The fact they were just killing clock the entire time. We kept having three and outs, but they're killing clock and not doing anything going for them fourth and eight. Um, our guy, JD's coming on here. Um, hey, there he is. What's happening. What's going on, Lance? How are you, my dear friend? Good to see you, brother. Man, you too. You too. JD, uh, we talked about this week that we were hoping to get a, a quick little first little Christmas gift on a Christmas Eve with the with the win today. Yeah. We got uh, we, we we got that. We, we checked that off. Um, there's a couple things that stood out to me today, uh, but I want to get your just kind of feedback on what you what you your quick uh, reaction to the game was. Uh, quick reaction is uh, the, the Chiefs did what they were supposed to do. They came in with a good game plan. Uh, they executed the game plan. Uh, I think uh, pretty much to perfection. What you uh, what you were looking for. As far as momentum, how they was working, uh, the whole tempo of the game, I thought they did a, a wonderful job. I think the only uh, snafu was, the, of course, when Williams had the two um, penalties where they came down. 
I think that was pretty much that was the only thing that I seen. Other than that, man, I think they just played pretty much uh, a wonderful game. Uh, I mean, a solid game, put it that way, offensively, defensively, even special teams wise. Yeah, I thought talking about the defense. I thought you know, this whole this whole year, Geno Smith had a pretty solid season. Um, he, he's looked great. Um, and today we kind of made Geno look like that New York Jets Geno, the one everyone thought was kind of a bust, and we made him look like that. It was kind of the first, probably second game. San Francisco uh, did work on him last week, but I mean, we kind of in San no one ever talks about us as being a phenomenal defense, and, and, and you know, look at the numbers. They shouldn't. San Francisco, they do, and they and they made Geno look bad last week. This week, we kind of. We made them. It seemed like we, they didn't trust their passing game at all, and this is something I was talking to Lance about. They were up seventeen and three, and it seemed like they were milking the clock. They just kept running the ball, third and nine, third and seven. They were running the ball the entire time, and it was like, what's going on here? I mean, like that second half flew by because all they did was just run the ball, with Kenneth Walker. What did you think about their offensive play calling? Because that kind of was that perplexed me a little bit. Well, there's two things. Well, one of the things, of course, is how hard it is to catch a football, especially in that type of weather, and throwing the football. Also, it's very, very, uh, uh, very tough to do. So I think what they were thinking of was, OK, obviously the Chiefs are going to be back in uh, pass uh, defense. So why not run the football? Right. If you're thinking about you putting out about, you know, seven, eight guys uh, back in zone or man, whatever you're doing, uh, then you got the numbers up front. And so you, you know, they got a very capable back. If, and, you know, the thing is, you're not really throwing the ball down the field. If you're getting chunks, maybe 10 to 15 yards on a run because everybody's sitting back. That I can understand that. It's just, you know, what you're doing, you're just trying to your way out, you know, how you're going to get yards. That's pretty much what it is. And, and like I said, when it's, it gets something with these elements is making it very hard to get the ball through the air. I mean, that's always going to be an issue and a problem. Yeah. And I think there's also something to the fact that I think Gino, after that low hit early in the game, he wasn't right. And I think that there's just there's something to that. And plus, we have to remember, man, how valuable Tyler Lockett is to that Seahawks offense. Yes. And not having him out there today, man, with his production every single year, being the guy that just changes the way a game can be, you know, the outcome of an entire game. He's a very valuable receiver. I think that was a major hit for the Seahawks as well. I actually came into this game expecting the Seahawks to move the ball pretty well. And honestly, if you look at the, at the numbers, maybe some of it was garbage time. They did have over 330 uh, total yards in this game. So they weren't terrible as far as that was concerned. The play calling was very questionable, especially in the early part of the game, because I felt like they were really setting up Geno for for failure at a lot of times. It wasn't a very balanced attack. But, you know, to the credit of the Chiefs defense, something they have been really good at this year more times than not is stopping the run game. I think they're, they they came into this game fourth or fifth in rush defense. So they, they've been able to do that. And Kenneth Walker ain't no joke. And the Seahawks have been able to run the ball pretty pretty successfully this season. And they shut them down for the majority of this game. I know they end up getting over 100 at the, towards the end of the game, but for the when it mattered the most, the meat of this game, the Chiefs' defense really clamped down. And as much as I will criticize Spags in this defense when they fall short, you got to give them the props too, man. They went out there and they took care of business and made the Seahawks work for everything that got they got today. And yeah. like Jason said, outside of the the couple penalties on that one drive, I think it was three all, three of their five penalties of the entire game came in that. I think it was their last drive of the second That's half first, yes. or the first half. Mm -hmm. uh, that Joshua Williams struggled a little bit on that drive. That's rookie mistakes. Outside of that, man, the Chiefs' defense was about as perfect as it gets when it mattered, when it actually mattered, and the, Chief, the game was still within reach. And, and, and just kind of uh, piggybacking off of what you said about Tyler Lockett, uh, what I also did see, uh, and you probably checked this out too, was it was a lot of miscommunication from the wide receivers. It was yes. things Gino was throwing. The guys just went there, and you could see it was like he just didn't have that type of rapport and relationship with them. And so he knew what, look, I got Metcalf in here. I know I could throw to him. He knows the offense. He knows what to do. And sometimes we got the young guys in, and you've seen it. There was, it was a comeback. He threw one deep in the end zone. He's like, man, we're trying to go for points. 
Like, mm-hmm. why are you pulling up on this? And so he just kind of looked, turned and shake his head. And I'm thinking the same thing. And so that's frustrating as a quarterback. If a guy like you're trying to tell me, like, look, man, when when you when they do this, you have to do that. You know, we, we're trying to get chunks. If you sit me, you can put him on the back shoulder, put it on the back shoulder. If I'm going deep in the end zone, go to the end zone. You know, you can't this a game like this, especially in Kansas City, you know, hostile environment. You know, you're not going to get a lot of shots throwing the football. We got to be able to, uh, you know, uh, produce when we have a chance and opportunity. So, yeah, man. But look, the, the, the defense did a, a wonderful job. Tremendous job today. Chris Jones looking uh, as, as far as ever. Um, incredible. All the guys play good. All the whole defense. All the guys play good. Secondary, everybody. Linebackers. Everyone on defense did a solid job performance today. Hats off to them. Yeah, I, I like the, uh, the defensive tackle rotation. I know we didn't have Saunders this week, but we got to see the, the big man Danny Shelton there a little bit today. Yeah, um, yeah. he looked pretty good. Um, obviously, you know, Brandon Williams and um, yeah, it, it was good to kind of see that rotation we had the D line. We're actually starting to see a little bit of depth there in the D line rotation, which in a couple of weeks ago we were talking about we didn't really have much depth of the D line um, spot. So that was good to see. But I said, this, this is what you have to try right now. You got to do this, you know, getting ready to go deep into the playoffs, right? Got to get guys ready, and especially if guys haven't necessarily been performing. Saunders like, look, just take a step back. You know, we don't need to have you in here. Let's get some guys, you know, look, rotation, how everybody's working with each other. And so if Chris is working with, with, with Nandi or Saunders or whoever it may be, like you said, Shelton, you know, those guys, that's what they want to be able to see. All those things are very important when you're talking about going into the playoffs. So – Depth is very important. We know that the, the defensive tackle play has been one of those things that has been uh, uh, has been plaguing us uh, throughout the year. It hasn't been anything that's been really consistent from those guys inside there. So it was, it was good. It's good to see that. And I know those guys are are, are very, very, uh, in, in, uh, as far as like concentrating on seeing what's going on in, in, in that front seven. Yeah. yeah. 100% uh, agree. So you want to keep going, Lance? No, I was just echoing what uh, J.D. was saying. And to add to that, to see the front seven emerge like this against, again, the, the, the Seahawks came into this game with a seventh-ranked uh, scoring offense. Yeah. They're scoring right around, I think, like 24, 25 points a game. Yeah. And they came into this game needing this win. They needed this win. And uh, the defensive front seven is what I think primarily won this game. I know that Patrick Mahomes obviously put on a the MVP Superman outfit and scored three touchdowns for back-to-back weeks. But the offense had a lot of clunkers, man. They had a lot of drives. I think their first three drives of the second half, they punted. And the defense just shut down the Seahawks continuously. Made them, did not give them life. George Karloftis came alive, had a couple more batted balls, got a sack, an actual meaningful sack, not Joe Burrow laying on the ground. It actually went and got Geno Smith. Mike Dana got in the sack column. It's taking pressure off Chris Jones, which is everything this defense needs. If you can give Chris Jones complimentary pieces that can be effective week in and week out, this defense is just that much more scary, man, because Chris Jones made his presence known several times over in this game, and that's going to happen. But it can't just be a Chris Jones show. It can't just be Stone Cold out there doing Stone Cold things. He's got to have people out there, man, that are making things happen. And Carlos Dunlap looks like he's going to be okay. It looked like he maybe hurt his elbow a little bit. It looks like he's going to be all right. Having these guys playing at the best, playing at their best right now at all ages, you have Carlos Dunlap at 33, and you have George Karloftis at 22. To have these guys playing like that, Frank Clark, like I said, three straight games of just playing like an absolute madman out there, sharpening those shark teeth. I, this is this is this is what we need, guys. I'm telling you right now, this is the kind of defense they bring. This defense on a consistent basis for the next month and a half. This Chiefs de- this Chiefs team's going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so JD, uh, another thing that stood out to me today, um, we kind of we in the opener we kind of mentioned the the offense 
And you kind of mentioned the weather. Do you think the weather kind of played a part of the offense not looking as sharp as it usually is? You're seeing a lot of uh, balls drop. That Justin Watson dropped a few. Um, MVS couldn't get that foot down. Uh, we're seeing the most the most three and outs we've had in a single game this season in, in this one too. So, do you think the weather played a factor in that, or what do you, what do you what do you speak? What do we think about that? No, no doubt about it. Now, and I said this on the show last week. I said, man, when you when you throw in the cold weather, people don't understand how hard that that ball is to catch. Like you could feel it. I mean, it's like a rock hitting your hands, and you know your your hands are already numb because of the 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 uh, you know the wind chill, of course, and how cold it is. And then you had to catch this big old ball that feels like a boulder in your hand. That's tough. And then not to mention, you know, Pat is throwing it with a little bit of velocity behind that thing too, man. So it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. And so that definitely goes into it. Um, and I'm just, I'm thinking every little snap that they were doing, I'm, I'm seeing guys, I can just remember being out there in that type of cold weather, how much you really didn't want to be out there, but you're still toughing it out. And when you when you go three and out, you go on the sideline like, dang, I'm ready for this thing to be over, right? You just, <laughs> you're waiting to get on that warm bench. You can't wait to get that the, the little uh, heater beside you. You know, so you see all the guys huddling around, you know, the heater and sitting back and they, they feet warm. So, man, it's miserable. It is. It's, it's miserable. I know it's miserable for the fans who's out there who's not even running around. So, uh, you know, just uh, multiply that by getting hit hard, right, uh, while you're doing it. So, yeah, that, that weather definitely played a factor. No doubt about it. But yeah, I, I think I, I think the weather played a factor too, J.D., but here, here's the thing I will say. Uh, when it comes to particular players like Justin Watson, I think this – this is something that I am a little concerned about because of the fact that last week against the Texans in a dome in 75, 80 degree weather, he he drops that 56 yard pass. I'm not expecting perfection, but when you're a fringe player, when you're a guy out there that's getting opportunities because other players are down with injuries, like McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony was on a snap count last week, you got to make those catches, man. And I know that today, like you said, it's it's like catching a damn granite ball out there. Like you're, it's going to be hard to to bring these some of these passes down. I know that's the case, and I I won't I won't crush somebody for that. But when it's when it's coming and is when it's becoming a trend, uh, when when you're when you're playing in places that aren't dealing with these this types of climates, I I have to I have to pay attention to that. And I think today the Chiefs definitely could have utilized McCole Hardman. I'm I'm not going to crush again. I'm not going to crush the Chiefs too much on offense because again the climate was bad and they still. Ended up blowing out the Seahawks, if we're being honest, because even that other touch, the, the one touchdown the Seahawks got was garbage time. So the Chiefs really won by, you know, 20, 21 points. Uh, at the same time, man, I I, I want to see McCole Hardman back <laughs> because yeah. you see you see the way his athleticism, his quickness, his ability to score in the red zone, especially this season, has been such a, a key asset to the Chiefs moving the ball and getting scores on these early drives. And that's that's what they definitely need to get next week. I think he'll play against the Broncos. It does sound like it's it's happening. He's been practicing all week. But getting him those snaps over Justin Watson, getting him an opportunity over those guys, I think those balls are getting caught over a Justin Watson. I know he I know Justin Watson's not a guy that's supposed to save the offense, but when you're a guy like that that's out there to try to make your presence known and get your few opportunities, you got to make the most of it. Unfortunately, Justin wasn't able to do that. Well, look, man, I'm, look, I'm, I'm going to be fair about this, okay? All right, and and, and I, I know you are, you know, saying that, but I, I I look at it like this. Okay, Justin Watson, who doesn't get a lot of balls to him. I mean, we see guys who are starting who misses, you know, they miss balls. So the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a trend. Like the one he, he missed in Houston was a tough. It was a tough catch. It really was. Like he, he probably, yeah, he should have caught it, right? Because we think and expecting everybody to catch the football, right? This one, no doubt about it, he should caught this. But I, I don't think it's an issue. I think he has great hands. I don't really have any problem with him. Not worried about him. We know we're gonna get McCole back. We look, we know yeah. who's gonna be the five guys, you know, starting before Justin Watson. Let's not take anything away from him. 
It's just, you know, MBS, Juju, uh, McCole Harmon. You're going to have Tony. You're going to have Sky Moore, right? Then Justin Watson will come in. All these guys are going to play a part. So I don't I don't necessarily worry about him. Uh, he made the team for a reason, and they they trust him. And so I don't want to I'm going to sit there and, and, and get on a guy and say, well, you know, he should have come. Yeah, every everybody's guys hit, they should catch. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, who's – we see them miss balls too, right? And fumbles. So these things do happen. I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I don't harp on that as much. Look, I, I just know catching the football how hard it is, especially in that type of weather. I'm just going. I want to be fair to him. I'm not going to sit there and say it, it, it's, it's a trend. You're saying I'm just, you know, hey, when when it, it comes up in a tough game, obviously when the, the things you're looking for, he's definitely got to produce. You know, so. I will say, if you, if you remember the offseason when we signed MVS, people brought up drop uh, drop issues coming from Green Bay. And Justin Watson, too, people brought up his drop issues that he had in Tampa. That's why Brady didn't want him around anymore. So, I mean, these guys, some of these guys we're pointing to do have a history of it. And, I'm, you know, obviously today. Is that what Brady said? Hold on. You said Brady said he didn't want him around anymore? Well, no, I don't know if Brady said that, but if, if, if Brady wants a guy around, he'll keep a guy around. Right, right yeah. yeah. Brady, like, I, look, I don't want this guy around anymore. I want him as far away as possible. Okay? <laughs> so send him on the West Coast, wherever he is, get him away from me. So let's mess with him, man. It's Christmas. Let's have a good day. Christmas. Holiday cheer, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah, we could, and, yeah. Chalk it up to, to the weather being the way it is. I mean, you're, I, I was watching some of these games. Amari Cooper had a, dr- a wide open drop in the end zone in that Browns and Saints game, and that I, mean, I think it was a little bit colder over there in, uh, in Cleveland. But still, I mean, you're seeing you're seeing the awful weather all over the place, and you're seeing drops. And drops are going to happen, especially <laughs> in the frigid, frigid uh, weather that we have, and especially when you have an offense who throws it 45 times in uh, weather like this too. So, I mean, <laughs> it's going to happen, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, another thing, uh, so I, I had three things I wanted to highlight in the show so we can get out of here. I know it's Christmas Eve and the four o'clock games are on right now. We want to enjoy the last few weekends of the, of the NFL season, but um, special teams. So we talked about um, the, the missing kicks in the last week and special teams has been kind of a theme all seasons. We're seeing like just things happening. Um, and the two things that I saw in this game, we had that, that one kick return that Seattle had on us that they took it to like the midfield. Um, and then, we also had um, punt return. I was a punt return in high school, and a word that they teach you day one is poison. Or everyone's got a different word, but poison. Get the hell away from the ball. That ball's laying. Get the hell away from it. And I've seen that happen multiple times this year, where ball bounces and you have guys, you know, are getting pushed into the air where the ball is. It's like, dude, get the, get the hell out of dodge. Um, and that, those are just different aspects of the special teams. Obviously, we didn't miss any kicks kicks today, which is great. Um, so improvement. Um, so I want to ask you what. When you, when you start to see, uh, I, I guess, a kind of a trend of special teams issues every week, and you can point to different things, J.D., what, what is that? Is that just having too many young guys in the special teams unit, or is that just is there something not clicking with our special teams uh, this year? Because Dave, too, historically, he's a great special teams coach. So, I mean, I don't want to say it's all on him, but as a personnel, I, what, what, what is that? Well, I, I think it's the same thing. I, I don't think it's – I mean, guys got to go down and make plays. But special teams, is it's a will and a want to. It really is. It's about staying in your lane, you know, uh, playing, uh, you know, with with everything free, moving fast, you know, and, and getting down making tackles. And you got to be able to go down and secure what you're doing. And sometimes when guys are coming down, you can see them get pushed past guys that are just missing. And so when you see these lanes open – that is a failure of somebody not being in a lane or somebody that's a misassignment. Somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do. And so that's part of the problem. So you got to go and evaluate who that guy is. And look, we've said this and it's 100% true. 
The eye in the sky does not lie. You cannot, when film comes up, you're going to see who is out of their lane, who's running around the block, who's doing this, because what it does is it compromises the integrity of what you're trying to do. You know, so that's that's one of the things. And, and look, special teams is a very important thing that we, we need to harp on. I'm glad to see that Buckner and, and, and Townsend, you know, kissed the mate up, whatever they did, to get everything looking like it was. It looked perfect. Everything looked perfect. Yeah. As far as kicking the ball, it did. So I was like, okay. I was looking. I was looking at that extra just to make sure everything looked good, and it did. You know, so. Uh, but I think it's probably a part of the problem. Uh, you know, Tooth, man, he's he's going to be going through it. You know, he's been getting it a week in, a week out. It's something else with the special teams. I don't care if it's the kicking, you know, so or you know the tackling, um, you know, return ball. But that is something, an aspect, an element of the game that you have to have uh, going into the playoffs, being prepared and being ready. Right now they're struggling a little bit. Yeah, you know it's it's one of those things where I think it's it's a combination of a couple things where you have a lot of uh, young, inexperienced guys that are trying to find their their legs in this in this league, and you're, you're seeing a lot of miscues, miscalculations, like like JD saying you don't see guys in the right lanes, and then they open up a pocket for a guy to that maybe could have had an eight yard return. It turns into a twenty four yard return, and field position is everything in this league. And that is, I think that's 100% a player issue. But see, here's the thing. Coaching comes in when you see an issue, you address it, you work on it, you get these guys in the right positions, and you and you build them up for success. And that's something that Dave Tobe has been unbelievable at for the better part of this last decade. In fact, it's been a solid decade since he's been here in Kansas City, and the guy's been probably the best special teams coach in the entire league. And J.D. knows this better than anybody, especially being a special teams coach himself, you know, where it's special teams being such an important phase of the game because people overlook it because offense and defense get so much attention right. that a special teams play can ultimately decide a game. I mean, hell, a th three three, three of uh, Tom Brady's seven Super Bowl rings were won in special teams. Adam Vinatieri hitting big field goals. you know, And, and, and credit to Harrison Butker for what he did today because I've been having a lot of concerns about him, but if he goes out here and starts nailing him like he did today, you ain't going to hear me talk about it at all. So he took care of business. Him and Tommy Townsend, like he said, kissed and made up. And uh, I think uh, I think Dustin Colquitt's comments may have been a little bit of a distraction, but maybe that galvanized the guys that are inside the building this this week. I don't know. I didn't hear anything yeah. from them. But all I did hear is that they're ready to take care of business, and that's exactly what they did. But when it comes to punt returning, when it comes to punt defense, kick defense, things of that nature, I am a little bit concerned because we're also seeing a lot of flags still too. We're seeing the Chiefs uh, have miscalculations on that too. So I think it, I think it's a lot on the coaching staff because they're the veterans out here. And if I think if we had some glaring problems on defense or on offense, we would be looking at the coaching staff because those are the guys that go out there and set the guys up for success each and every week. So we got to see that, that that really develop in the in the coming weeks because we've been talking about it about you know the the past defense has been struggling here, but they got time to work on it before the playoffs. It's the same thing for these young guys in special teams. They got to work on this stuff in the in the coming weeks because they can make a play that can ultimately decide an outcome of a playoff game. Well, ultimately, like as a coach, the only thing you can probably do is just replace the guy. That's it. If he if he's not giving what you what you want and what you need, he's got to yeah. replace him. And sometimes what ends up happening is because you know you're down on bodies and you know that your best tacklers are probably going out there, Chanel and those guys are out there playing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't want to put those guys out there or special teams that end up getting hurt. Like these guys got to come in uh, it, and make tackles. Like I said, it is. It's all about assignment-driven uh, play, especially on special teams. You know, and like I said, they'll get into the beating. Whoever's not assignment, uh, uh, you know, wise doing their job, they're going to get their butts handed to them. Believe me, and they will tell you. 
look, we will get rid of you. I don't look. I've heard everything in the, in the, in the special teams meeting. Guys who, who have compromised what you do on special teams have got replaced. Have been sent back down to the practice squad, whatever it may be. Look, we can get a guy to come up here to run lanes. If you're going to do it this way and don't get it done, matter of fact, we'll sit you back on this bench or we'll sit you somewhere else and we'll send your butt home. I mean, look, believe me, I've heard it all. I've heard a coach say, look, if you try to get me fired, I'm going to take you with me. Believe that. So uh, let's hope <laughs> some of those guys are going to get the message because if not, somebody's going to be out of a job, pure and simple. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you, you, you've heard someone dad tell, tell a player that before. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I've heard, a, I've heard a whole lot of different stuff. Oh, right, yeah, right. you know, coach would come up there like, Man, are you trying to get me fired? <laughs> Say, Look, I tell you what, you get me fired, I'm gonna take a whole lot of y'all with me. <laughs> Just telling you, it meant it, you knew he meant it. Like, I said, Joe game plan, JD. <laughs> J- JD, as long as it wasn't you, he was saying that too, bro. We're good no, here. Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> Brother, look, I, I've been in, I've been in special teams uh, meetings where I had been that guy that I've been fussed at. Uh, I remember going down one time against the Ravens. I got oh absolutely blindsided, depleted, <laughs> and so coach, I mean JD, you got to put your head on the swivel. Dang, God, coach, something took my head off. What are, you know, I tried. I was like, but I knew at that moment, like, yeah, it's my fault. It's my fault. I wasn't spoke. I wasn't where I was supposed to be. So, you know. Well, I mean, you you, you had a lo- you had a long career, so obviously no, no coach was taking you uh, with with them. So learn, baby. <laughs> you learn. That's what you do. You learn. You better learn quick. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, I'm gonna let's get out of here. Let's go go enjoy uh, Christmas Eve with our families and um, get to watch the rest of the games. Guys, I love you. I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas Eve. And I'll, I'll be texting you guys tomorrow, Christmas Day, just to make sure you all are having a, a good time to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Um, and all our viewers out there, and we got 12 people listening right now. We just want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas out there as well. Um, hey, Marcus, if it's if it's okay, I wanted to say something to you, you and the viewing audience real quick. Yeah. Um, this week, I haven't even talked to you and JD about it, uh, but this week I lost somebody uh, that is very near and dear to my heart uh, to suicide. And um, this is the time of year where it's really rough for a lot of people. I think you guys know that. I think a lot of people out there have experienced it. They've lost people at this time of year. A lot of people are struggling right now, guys. And uh, I'll tell you right now that I can understand where you guys are coming from. I, I've definitely, I, I've never experienced it in my life this close and at this portion of my life where I'm an adult and I can understand and process it. But today, this week, I, I've definitely learned what it's like. And it's a very crushing a blow to experience and it's going to change a lot of things in my life for the rest of my life so for anybody out there that's watching us i know you guys consume sports and that's our outlet it's what you know our escape is but then we go back to our real lives and we have to deal with the stresses and anxieties and, and pressures and all those things um i just hope that you guys reach out to somebody if it's one of us if it's uh somebody else that you trust you confide in i hope you guys do that because i now understand what this is like in the holiday season to deal with a significant loss and um it sucks but uh, i'm glad to have you guys um i i appreciate being able to do this with you guys each and every week it makes me feel better it helps my life and uh you know the chiefs being good definitely helps as well <laughs> getting to talk about a team that we love that is uh out there kicking ass every week man it's it's been a blast but i hope you guys all just i wanted to throw that out there and let you guys know that you really i know it's a cliche to say but you guys really aren't alone and we're none of us are alone we always have somebody to, to talk to but so before you make a decision that you can't take back. I just hope that you guys can reach out to somebody. And like I said, 
I, I throw my hat in that ring as well. If you want to reach out to me, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely talk you down from anything that you're thinking about doing. So just enjoy this holiday season and just keep everybody close to you, man, and reach out to the people that you haven't heard from in a while because you never know what they're going through. That's that's well said, man. Um, and I'm sorry to hear about your your your, your friend, a family member, whoever it may be. Uh, and uh, my heart goes out to him. You know, my prayers and whatnot. Um, and, and you're so right. We just never know who's struggling. And every chance we get, man, we need to love and cherish one another. Uh, and just like the kindness of just checking in. We just make a phone call, whatever it may be. And it may look two minutes, five minutes, whatever it may be. Please do it. Uh, those things are also is very important. And more importantly, uh, whatever you're going through, life is still worth living. It really is. Uh, these things leave a hole, but you know, we understand, like you were just talking about, uh, Mark Chang was saying, uh, like mental health, those, these issues, um, they're rising. So that's why it's important for us to be good with one another. That's why it's important for us to be there for one another, regardless of how we feel about this thing or that thing, we are all more better for it being together than anything else. And yep. so all these little things that we may have going on in our life, little strikes or little issues, like you said, Lance, reach out regardless of those things. Put past things behind us, whatever it may be. All these things don't mean amount to nothing. Doesn't amount to anything. More than anything else, it's always about the love that we have for one another. And so regardless of those things, always check on each other all the time. Yeah. Um, but my brother, like I said, man, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear it. You know, my heart absolutely goes out to you, brother. I love you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. You know, how, you know how deep I love you. You and Marcus both are just people out there. And like you said, if anybody's struggling, you know, reach out to us, reach out to anybody. I don't care who it is. If you feel like you don't have any hope, reach out to somebody. Okay. Make that phone call. Please. Yep. Yeah. Send my love and prayers with you and um and your family, buddy. I appreciate it. I, I, I hate to bring it down, but I just I, I knew that was something we had to bring up, guys, because I know that there's a lot of people out there struggling. Yeah, no, it's important. It's, it's not bringing it down, man. I think it's it's more of awareness, right? I think it's yep. bringing it up, if anything, is that, that you want to bring these things, these issues up because they are important. You know, life is the thing that we do have. That's the one thing that we know that we have and that we got to pray, you know, cherish it. And understand what it is and how vital it is for everybody else around us. Not just that person, but everybody else that is affected by these things. Right. And so let's do our due diligence. You know, so it is the awareness. It is, you know, the hugs. It is the talks. It is just the conversation. Those things are important. So uh, you, you saying this, Lance, uh, uplifts everything, too, because sometimes people need to know it's all right. If you're struggling, yeah. we all struggle, but it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's OK. You're going to get through it. All of us yeah. will. You know what I'm saying? Just keep the hope and the faith, you know, and that's what I do. I I know my, my faith, man, and, and, and with where it stands, how God just gives us the life and the breath. Those things like that are so important. And so we can't lose sight of that at all, at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think someone was telling me the other day, I, I saw a quote it was like, pain is temporary, uh, but family and friends are forever. So it was something along the lines of that, but like, you know, Sounds cliche and cheesy, but it, I mean, it's, it's true. You know, pain and a lot of things we, we go through. Yeah. They're temporary, but every day you wake up, that's one day of, uh, you know, that, that's one day that you can go onward and try to move past that pain and try to get better. And so, um, yeah, it, it, so stuff like that sometimes sounds cheesy or cliche, but I mean, it does, it's impactful. And if you think about it, it does, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, 
And as long as you have people around you and to know there's people there always looking out for you, even, even when you don't know it, there's people there who care and, and, and love you. And when, when you're gone, you know, you're going to hurt that person. And then, you know, and that, and that happens. So like, just know that every, there's always someone there who, who is willing to hear from you and wants to talk to you. Um, but yeah. And, and, and in the life that we have, everyone's, everyone's always so busy, but remember to you know reach out to your loved ones and to let them know that you, you love them that's what I, that's what i try to do with it with the people I, I love and i try to make sure that they know that you know they they, they have me you know so yeah yeah and, and, and really I, i'm gonna say this and, and i lance just kind of brings things up and just kind of thinking about it uh sometimes people feel that that's weakness and especially as men we sometimes we feel like that's weak not to ask for these things that help and nothing can be further from the truth nothing can be further from the truth um, I, there was a man that was uh, that was there at the hospital the other day. I just want to say this real quick. Uh, and when I was walking out, because I was up there seeing my nephew, and he was just, you know, he had tears in eyes and crying. I was just like, "Hey, man, what? You know, you all right?" And he told me what was going on. And all I did, man, had no idea who the guy was. Didn't know, man. I just we just hugged. I just embraced him. That's it. Because he, until he needed, he was like, "Man, that's awesome. That's what we need. We need to do more of that, man. Just being kind to each other." You know what I mean? That's strength. That's real strength. Yeah. Being able to do that, man. So yeah. um, we got to do it, man. Love you guys. All right. And Merry Christmas. Okay. To all your families from the Dunn family, all my people here that, you know, we're going to look at some of the, the, the Christmas uh, holiday movies and whatnot. They've been watching Elf. They've seen Elf a, a thousand times. I'm like, I could tell you everything's going to happen in Elf, right? Uh, but <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, enjoy your enjoy your families. Enjoy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And you guys are my family. I love you guys to death, man. I appreciate you, guys. my brother. No doubt about it. For love life, the family, man. No doubt about it. And uh, I think the I think the Christmas story marathon's already started on TBS or TNT. So you guys, <laughs> you, guys better, you guys better get on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, I hope you guys have a nice Christmas Eve, and um, I'll I'll text both of you guys tomorrow. But um, for all our viewers out there, we love you, and uh, have a merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Love you all. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.